welcome Reverend Ray Bagnolo to bring us the word this morning. Good morning, everyone. Well, good morning, church. I like that. Amen? A women? Got to make sure we get them both here. Let me get this straightened out. It is really nice to be here this morning. And as I listened to the readings, I had chosen them, and I was thinking about what would, what would be good readings for today. And I thought about your congregation and the work that you do in Oakland. And, and then I spent some time, and there they were. And as I heard them read again this morning, what I heard is what I felt from the minute I walked in here this morning, got hugged by Annie, and then was lifted up by your song and music and spirit. And thank you for being church. Thank you. So we start out today's reading, and we've got Jesus on his way to Galilee from Judah, and they are on their way from this trip. They've been stirring things up with the Pharisees in, in Judea, and it's getting a little troublesome. So Jesus says, come on, let's, let's go up to Galilee, and, and we'll go do some work up there. So it's a 70-mile trip, two and a half days of walking. And to get there, the reading tells us that they needed to go through Samaria, which was this place where the Jewishness of one another, the Samarians and the Jews themselves, was suspect. So they weren't on such friendly terms. And as they're going through this journey, the, the, they got there either at noon, if you're using the Jewish timetable, or they got there at 6 o'clock at night, if you're thinking of the Romans. But they, Jesus was tired, and he goes over and he sits down at this well. So he's, he's sitting at the well, he starts to have this conversation with a woman who comes to get her water. And her name is Fotine, we are told. She has a name, Fotine. Amen? We don't use the names. She has a name. We're going to see if we can get the names out of here for sure. So this morning, as I was thinking about this, here was Jesus with a Samaritan woman. And he could have said, where I got the title of today's sermon from, what I hope we address a little bit today, he could have said, you know what? It is what it is, woman, and turned the other way. And so if you have ever heard that expression, or if it slipped out of your tongue and you've said, well, it is what it is, I'm hoping that when we leave here today, maybe we'll all think a little bit differently about that. He didn't say that, did he? He started a conversation, and I, I think Jesus' conversation with Fotin began because he was learning how to be who he was. And I think one of the biggest interactions that he had with somebody that changed him and his ministry was when he met with another woman, and her name was Justa. Justa was the Syrophoenician woman who came to Jesus at the table and said, Jesus, Lord, my daughter is sick. Please, heal her. And he said, woman, don't you know I came here to take care of more or less my people? And she said, yeah, but even the dog gets the crumbs from the master's table. And my thinking is Jesus got his comeuppance on that day just a little bit. Something happened on that day just a little bit. And he said, wait a minute. And he looked at this faithful person and he said, of course. And we know from the scriptures that after that time, Jesus went out and started to feed the thousands and the masses. And at one point, the disciples said, let's go to 7-Eleven and get some food. Tell them to go. It's getting late. And Jesus says, no, the 
scriptures say he had compassion and he told them to stay and they fed them and the miracle of the loaves and the fishes of sharing took place. And so I not only think that Jesus learned his ministry, I think we do as well as we go forward. I think every day we step out, we learn more about who and what it is God is calling us to do by whatever name we may know God. We learn more about who and whose we are. And I think in a way we learn that perhaps it really is more than what it is. Before I could accept myself as a gay man, I had to first stop denying it. And saying it is what it is is almost in a way a source of denial for me. And the truth is that admitting I was gay long preceded my ability to accept myself as being gay. I had to start somewhere. I could barely get the gay word out. The jig sort of got stuck down here somewhere. It's amazing how easily it comes out now, so that's good. But I was in a struggle, and it was a destructive struggle. I lived in the world in a double life. I was hiding who I was by day and being with those with whom I felt most comfortable at night and any other time I could. I lied about myself. I told jokes about others so that I could fit in and be accepted. I passed when I could, and I lived most of my life through the bottom of a glass. The pain was great, it was real, and I did my best to anesthetize it in any and every way that I could. It wasn't my intention. It was a matter of survival. And the truth was, at one point, I had said, yep, it is what it is. I know there's a nice heavenly place, and there's a hot and steamy place, and I'm going to that hot and steamy place in a basket because there is absolutely nothing I can do about who I am. I know there's a God. I can't live up to the expectations of God. It's all over. Give it up. You know, they say, give it up. Every time I hear somebody say, give it up, I remember I thought I was once going to hell. But you see, there were others who knew better. There were others who had gone before. And God, in God's great way of, you know, they say that coincidence is God's way of being anonymous. In God's great coincidental way, God placed me on the path with others who had lived their lives the way that I had, in different ways, but the same in feelings and behaviors. And they had come to know God and know that God loved them and created them to be exactly who they were. And I followed those people. I let go. They would say things to me like, your best thinking got you here. Sit down and listen. And I would say, don't you know who you're talking to? <laughs> but it was years after getting sober and leaving the church of my upbringing that I met some of those people who knew the way on a different path in the form of Presbyterians. Now, there are different kinds of Presbyterians. Amen. Amen. And really, and really, it was the people, and it is the people, 
And you can truly take me out of anything that I'm doing here in any role I may play and give me the people that I know and love and I will find God in the way God wants me to be led. So the order, that hierarchy has sort of been worked out. And one of those people I met is sitting here tonight, actually two of them. One is Janie Spar, and I happened to wander into this conference, and I was listening to people talk about changing the church, and I had been brought up Roman Catholic, and I said, you can change your church? (laughs) Really? And they were talking about being gay and lesbian and loving, and, and so I told my story a little bit to someone, and I'm sure it was Janie who said this to me, because at the end of it, I remember the word honey. (laughs) And I'm sure I told her my story, and she looked at me, and she said, well, of course God loves you, honey. Without that part that goes, it's just your sin that God doesn't like. And do you know what? I heard it. And I heard it deep down inside in a way that I hadn't heard it before or ever. I learned things along the way. We have different ways of telling our stories and describing how it is we change and we grow and be who we are and then discover that it is being who we are, that God wanted of us in the beginning and all the way to be with others, to do the things God has given us to do. And that we are given a voice, a voice that is more than words a voice that is the word in the way we know it, a voice that stirs the waters, the living waters, that God in our lives, that unpredictable as God is, whether it's Jesus learning through Justa or me learning through friends and hugs in the pews. In this ministry that I serve that is called That All May Freely Serve, We continue on this journey of trying to help church become a truly just and loving and welcoming church. And our work takes us into places like Samaria. I have known the the desert between my toes. Do you know sometimes we all need a little time in the desert. I've decided that there are just some things that can only be taken care of by getting some sand between your toes. But we go to to Samaria and we find people like ourselves who have long been marginalized and sometimes been treated as forgotten by God. And sometimes it has been the church that has built up that desert. It has been that church that has taught things that have been heard and translated, unfortunately, into beliefs and actions that contribute to a culture of violence rather than opening doors for all on their path to God. And fortunately, we continue to be blessed by those who know better, by places like right here where you learn and share the truth that God loves us all. And to go on from here and to make sure that nobody ever grovels when seeking God's love, ever. So you see, once we know what it is, and we recognize that what it is is really more than it is, we begin to see God everywhere, 
in the violin being played, in the hugs in the aisles, in the people who come and sit beside us and share their stories and their lives with us so that we can know God loves us and there is more. And we carry that message and that stirring water wherever we go because we have a voice, you see, and that voice has to be used. And sometimes it's really hard to get it out. But it's a lot better to get it out than to leave someplace where your voice needed to be heard and be walking down the street saying, I wish I had. Because there are those that are sitting there waiting for those to come who have been there before. And as I do this traveling with that All May Freely Serve, our vision around the country, this organization that Janie began 21 years ago with others, our vision is that no one be ever alone, especially when they are struggling, when they are feeling rejected or marginalized by family or friends or their faith community. And our goal is to create a widespread community connected in ways so that whenever anyone is struggling and they need help, we can hear about it and reach out to people where they live through the people that have been there before and send them out in twos and say, please, go talk to them. Don't proselytize or preach. We don't want that. Just go be with them and be with them where they are and listen to them and see what it is they need and hear their story. And if nothing else, when you are done, make sure they know that God loves them. Because we know something else. We know that the condition of loneliness is probably the worst of all conditions we can live in or experience, especially when we're struggling. So with those words in mind, and I want to thank you and tell you what a privilege it has been to have the privilege of the pulpit this morning. And I'd like to close with something that some friends of mine in 12-step programs say. You know why they call it a 12-step program, by the way? Because it's 12 steps. And, <clears throat> and this is the third one. The third one says we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God. And a friend of mine would say to me, say, Ray, if you really made a decision to turn your will and your life over to the care of God as you understand God, you have nothing to worry about. You know what? I know that's true. I really know that's true. And I'm often in that place, but then there's a lot of times I forget. And that's when I need to gather around with the friends that know the way because the enormity of life can be overwhelming in even the smallest of ways. But it's not too long before my friends bring me back to that stirred up, stirring, troubling water. And I remember that whatever I'm going through, whatever we're dealing with, there's more than what it is. There's more than I see. There is a God that surrounds us and comes to us in all ways. And that we have to welcome that God. That the spirit of resignation is never a spirit at work in our lives. And above all, in all these things and all the things we do. Above all, remember that God loves you.
Amen. Amen. And a women. <laughs>